taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. Tune the city point. Giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. Tune the city point. Giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. Tune the city point. Giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. Yo, what up City Point? Welcome in, welcome in. Guys, I'm excited about the series that we're in, the Dope Ladies Preaching series. And I got my homie here with us, Reverend Latanja Ellis, uh, who is um, a Chicagoan, who is a graduate of McCormick Theological Seminary. No shade that she didn't go to Garrett. She's all good, she's still family, but wanted to welcome her here with us today. So she's gonna preach in a minute, but we're just gonna chop it up here for a minute real quick. And just like, just what do you do? Like you preach, but you also do all kinds of other things. So what, what are some of the things that you do? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh man, I feel like City Point, I have many different jobs, right? I have to think about what hat I'm putting on every day. So uh, as your pastor said, I am the pastor of Turner Memorial AME Church. Yes, I'm an AME preacher. Don't count that against me. And yes, McCormick is the best. I just had to say that first. Uh, so in my day life, every day, I am a human resources professional. I am the director of human resources and culture for the Children's Defense Fund now. I've been in human resource 20 plus years at this point. Uh, I love it, I love people, I love all things that we have to deal with. It's almost like being with your family, working in HR, you gotta fight with people sometimes, and sometimes you celebrate with people, right? But it makes my life glad that I'm able to change lifestyles. When people get a job, it changes their lifestyle, right? I also own my own HR consulting business, so I am an entrepreneur. I don't know how I have time to do it, but it makes my soul glad that I'm able to go out and help small companies who don't have the opportunity to have their own HR manager. So I do consulting work, I check resumes. If you need your resume done, let me know, uh, plug for myself. But uh, I do all the things, I do training and facilitation for communities. I work with St. Sabina's Ark and their youth organization. I work with McCormick Theological Seminary. I do all things, training, coaching, learning, because I think when we learn, we do better. So. That's pretty much a little bit about me. I help my, my husband with his home inspection business. So I do a lot of things. That's really dope. Like I'm just learning how much uh, like resume building is like an art and a science. Like yes. it's not just download the like Word document template and like plug in your stuff yep. uh, from the template. Um, my wife has been updating hers for some things that she's looking to do and like it's a whole business, like it's a whole right. like specialty of people that that do that. So, so City Point for those of you that are looking for opportunities or looking to promote in your uh, in your organization that you're at, definitely recommend connecting with somebody like Reverend Latanja or somebody in that space um, to take a look at your stuff because you don't want to miss out on opportunities um, because you're missing some of the key aspects of. Of, of a strong resume that can really highlight who you are and what you've done. Definitely don't want to miss out on that. So um, what are, how long have you been at Turner? Um, how long have you been preaching? What are kind of some of the, the, the things that you guys are focused on at Turner AME? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'll tell you a quick funny story. 
I never thought I would be pastoring. Let me just say that. I never went to seminary thinking that I was going to become a pastor, but you know what? God shows up and shows out. So I was in my last class of seminary at the AME annual conference, and uh, my elder at the time, Thomas Hughes, said to me, walked up to me five minutes before church and said, I'm going to give you a church today. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) So I went into this thing scared not knowing what God was going to do in my life, but Turner, being the pastor of Turner, has been one of the best things that has ever happened to me, right? I've been a pastor for three years, and my ministry in itself, I guess I didn't say this part of my life either, um, I do mental health first aid training. Uh, I grew up with an uncle who uh, lived with schizophrenia, and so every day his life impacted our lives. So my ministry is really based on John 5 and 5, do you want to be well? So everything that we do, including my ministers, Reverend Mishka Smith and Reverend Jacqueline Franklin, we all focus on wellness, wholeness, because, and and Reverend Mishka is a chaplain, so that helps, right? In the pandemic, it has been great because we have been able to minister to people, to talk to people, to get them the resources. So I think my life's work and my life's purpose has always been around networking and getting people the resources. And well-being is just a part of that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So last couple questions I got for you. What are you streaming? And what's on your, like, Spotify playlist? What are, what are you listening to? So what are you streaming uh, on video? What are you listening to on your Spotify playlist? Mm, let me see. The last thing that I streamed was the new Doctor Strange movie. I just watched it the other day. My husband was like, it's just weird. It's kind of his origin story. But it talks about this multiverse and different people. But it reminds me that many of us have many different facets of life, right? And all of them matter. So no matter where you are and what you do, you are still that same person. That's what I got out of the streaming of that. Uh, And then what I'm listening to, man, I'm a music head. I listen to a lot of different stuff. Like on the way here, I was listening to some Pastor Troy don't tell nobody. Uh, <laughs> but I'm always listening to some rap. I may listen to some classical music, but I think I've been listening to more Doja Cat than anything, which is crazy, but I love her music. And then, of course, the new Beyonce just dropped. Whoop, whoop. Uh, different, different style, different, different feel, but it allows us to celebrate. So I'm in a time of celebration right now. That's dope. That's dope. Well, welcome to the dopest church on the planet. So grateful that you decided to be with us today. And uh, I'm going to get out of the way so you can preach. Glad to be here. All right. Good morning. Good morning, City Point. It is indeed an honor and a blessing to be here in the house of worship one more time. Somebody ought to be clapping and saying hallelujah right there. It is a pleasure and an honor and a privilege to be in the house of the Lord one more time. I want to thank your pastor, Reverend Demetrius Davis, and his beautiful family, Carla and Layla, for this opportunity. So, City Point, let's get to it. Our scripture for today is Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 25, and I will read these verses from the message version of the Bible. And it reads as this, in prayer, there's a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, 
you cut yourself off from God's part. When you practice some appetite-denying discipline to better concentrate on God, don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small-time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training inwardly, act normal outwardly. Shampoo and comb your hair, brush your teeth and wash your face. God doesn't require attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you are doing. He'll reward you well. So don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars, stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. So I'm going to stop right there. That was Matthew chapter 6, and I read to you verses 14 through 24. The word of God is blessed. Let us pray. Gracious God, we come before you on this day asking you for your presence, your power, so, God, I ask that you give me the audacity to preach. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So God's sermon title for today is Do Your Part. I want somebody to say that with me or write that in the comments. Do your part. You can even add some emojis in the comments if you want to. Do your part. So over the last few weeks, I've been immersed in places where God has been speaking to me about something that seems to be very simple, but often for us humans is not. I found myself at the Proctor Conference for Child Theology in Tennessee a few weeks ago, and then at a black church summit where we met a lot of faith leaders, lay leaders, pastors, organizers, and seminarians about what God has called all of us to do. And if we are all serious about being better in this world, we must give some attention to those things that we have as a church neglected. In these conversations, we talked about disease, disease, disparity, wealth, sexuality, gender and identity, and even soul preservation for humankind. You see, it's not always just about yourself, and if there is one thing that I've learned during the pandemic, it is that God has placed us all here to do something that is worthy of helping someone else. I know your pastor has been talking about being socially conscious and community-minded recently, so God is speaking to all of us about not just coming to church, but about being the church. Somebody ought to write in the comments, God is talking about actually being the church. You see, City Point, we've all gotten twisted over the years that I've grown up, at least. We've gotten it all twisted. We all thought that we could just sit back and watch God work in our lives. But we see today in our scripture that God requires a bit more from all of us. If you have done what I've done during the pandemic, I've reflected over my life. Y'all know that song. As I look back over my life and I think things over, I've got a testimony. We all have a testimony. But church, we can't have a testimony if we don't do anything. Life is truly what we make of it. 
Charles Swindle, a Christian pastor, author, and educator, states this, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. So church, I ask this question right now, how are you reacting to what's going on in your life right now? I'm sure that some of us are dealing with a few things. Some of us are dealing with depression, anxiety, and stress. Some of us are wondering how we're gonna pay the next bill. Some of us are even wondering about where the food is going to come from today or tomorrow while others of us are under, while wondering whether we should even be living. Life shouldn't be happening to any of us. We should have some autonomy over our lives. But church, can I just say that I believe, I believe that we have forgotten about what we should be doing as our part in this story called life. Our lives depend on us doing our part. Social media, although an amazing technological breakthrough, has crippled us in so many ways at times. Our lives has dwindled to the next post, the next one up on our friends, or the next flex to get us some clout. Some of our lives have truly become an illusion and we have lived into that illusion versus what God wanted for our lives. But let me make it a little bit more plain for us. We have begun to do what others have expected us to do. We do what we think others want us to do to be accepted. And I think at any place, I think that any place where God told us that we needed to be accepted uh, should be by no one else but God. We have forgotten what life really is and could be because we have been co-opted by electronics and social media. I know y'all got y'all smartphones, I got mine right here. We look at our phones all day and some of us would have a fit if no one liked our post. Some of us would be at a loss if no one commented on what we put out for the world as social media content. Church, it reminds me of the movie Get Out. Some of us have stolen someone else's life and is using it to try to live. Notice I said try to live. Because it is true, we can't live life, the life that we want, without doing our part. We live life like it is an hour sometimes. We live life like we are extensions of other people. Our reactions and even our emotions are sometimes driven by what others think of us. So in this regard, are we really living life? Are we even living? If you were to ask yourself what living life really meant to you in these moments, what would that look like? So I'm gonna give you a few moments to write in the comments, what would living your best life look like with God if you were doing that? And if we are doing, if we are doing and being honest with ourselves, did you do your part to get to the place where you could live your best life? But that brings me to our scripture today in Matthew chapter six. According to the message version of the Bible, it says, if you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. The gospel of Matthew is a cry out from God to let us know that we do not have to bow down to Caesar in order for us to live the abundant lives that God has called us to. These verses in chapter six is a clear declaration about what we should be doing. 
praying and fasting. The people in the scripture are lost and they feel misplaced. God is calling them back to him in the midst of all our anxiety about God's will in their lives. You see, City Point, after the fall of the temple, the people were frustrated, displaced, and lost. This chapter speaks to piety or righteousness and justice. And in this chapter, we see three common practices in these verses. And those practices include prayer and fasting and giving to other in need, others in need. You see, these practices are highlighted because God's people have begun to give, give in to the worldly fashions of Rome. And many say, when in Rome, we do as Romans do. But God is saying, no, don't do that. The people have begun to try to impress others and promote one's status and reputation more than they were thinking about God's blessings in their lives. God is trying to teach the people in Matthew about almsgiving or giving to the poor. In Matthew, the wealthy in Rome decided that almsgiving was their civil civic act, but they did it in order to be seen, to be heard, or to be rewarded by men. In the same way, God is informing the reader, you and I, that prayer is about communication with God, not public performance. Jesus in Matthew teaches the disciples how to pray, simple yet effective. This prayer is focused on honoring God, the coming of God's empire, and doing of God's will. This prayer speaks of the discontent in, Rome, in Rome's world, much like our world today. This prayer even reinforces the fact that God is not faithless, inactive, or powerless to the chaotic present or future. In verse 4 to 15, it focuses on forgiveness. God cannot forgive if you don't forgive first. The NRSV version of the Bible states in this verse, but if you do not forgive others, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. There is action, everybody, in almost every verse in Matthew chapter 6. Here are those words. Watch out. Do give, pray, fast, forgive, and beware. You get the picture, City Point. God is calling God's people to do their part. It doesn't matter how much God wants to do for them. They have to turn from their ways in order for God to do what God does best. Much of Matthew chapter 6 focuses on prayer, which is also an action or something that we should all do. The practice of prayer with God is important and pertinent to the blessings that God provides. Now, that all seems straightforward based on what Matthew 6 is telling us, that Jesus is trying to teach the disciples and the people, but how can we apply that to our lives today? I'm so glad you asked. We always got questions for the preacher and the pastor. But church, it is time for us to turn a new page. Someone write in the comments, new page. It's time for us to turn to a new page in our book called Life and notice that there is some action required on your part. Just like in Matthew, we are living in times that tempt us, that seduce our minds, in times that are not conducive to loving our neighbors as ourselves. Our lives have been consumed with doing things for ourselves and not making sure that when we make it to the top, 
we are bringing our brother and our sister with us. We are consumed with what we look like, how many followers we can get, and what materials like jewels, cars, and houses that we can obtain. But church, I came to tell you that none of that really even matters. What matters is that you are right with God. What matters is that you have a relationship with God so that you can do your part. It doesn't matter if you have all the cars, all the fame, or even all the money. Being rich doesn't get you anywhere with God, somebody. If everyone in this room even remotely believes in God and the power of Jesus the Christ, we all know that nothing, somebody write nothing in the comments, nothing happens without God. It's God's plan in my drape voice. It's God's plan that we should be striving to live by. This means that we cannot be out here living our best lives thinking that we don't need God, that we don't need Jesus. All of us need to really be walking around with a shirt and hat that says, you need Jesus. Because the truth is, we all do. Matthew 6 is telling us, that we need to do what God has prescribed for us to do in our lives. Now, the preacher can't tell you exactly what God has called you to do, but you already know. The reason why your years go by so quickly and so uneventful is because we didn't do our part. God has been planting seeds in, for years in our lives, whether we deserve them or not, and we continue to follow Rome's ways. Church, we cannot continue to not pray. We continue to not give. We continue to not forgive. We continue to not love. We continue to not bless others. We continue, church, to not do our part. But we're walking around here in our own misery, wondering why our churches won't grow, wondering why our families are in dysfunction, wondering why we can't get our lives together and wondering why our lives are in shambles. The last time I checked, John chapter 10, verse 10 tells us that I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. If this is the case, City Point, where, why are we not living our lives more abundantly? Maybe it's because we don't understand the power of Jesus or the power of God. Maybe it's because we don't know where to turn or how to move. I get it. I get it. I realize that we have to make sure that we verify the facts. You know, we got to fact check before we go forth. So let's do some fact checking about doing your part in the Bible, and I'll give you some quick examples. Number one, God told Moses to raise his staff, and when he did, God parted the Red Sea so that the Israelites could cross over on dry ground. Moses did just as God had commanded, but this wouldn't have happened if Moses didn't do his part. The second thing is God instructed Joshua to have all his men around Jericho one time walk around, march every day for six days. Then on the seventh day, they were instructed to march around the city seven times and have the priests blow the trumpets and the others shout the victory on the seventh time. I don't know about y'all, but that sounds like a lot of walking and working, but the Bible tells us that at that very moment, God said God would do the supernatural, which was causing the wall around the city to collapse. And y'all guess what God did? The wall collapsed. 
but they had to do their part first, walking around the city, blowing the trumpets and shouting. And guess what, y'all? The priests were there too, so even the pastors had to do their job too. The third thing, an example, is we all know the story of the wedding at Cana where Jesus, his mothers, and the disciples were present. When the wine ran out, Mary told Jesus the situation, and Jesus told the servants to fill six stone pots with water. So they did. And then Jesus told them to draw some out and take it to the head waiter, which they did. When the head waiter tasted the water, it had become wine. Jesus did the supernatural, but the servants had to do their part. I'll even give you one more on the day when Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb after being dead for days. Even Jesus had to do his part. The stone was removed by others, and Jesus had to pray to God. Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. Now I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the sake of the crowd having stood around in order that they may believe that you sent me forth. Church, even Jesus had to do his part. So why won't we do our parts? Church, we have got to do our part. I don't want you going into another day complaining about what should be happening, what is not happening, or what needs to be happening if you ain't going to do your part. And yes, I said ain't. So for all the English teachers out there, I'm sorry. But if you ain't going to do your part, I don't want to hear anything else about how your life is. The pastor can't do everything for you. The minister can't do everything for you. Your mama and your daddy can't do anything for you either. And God can't do anything if you don't declare today, City Point, that you're going to do your part. I want you to say that to yourself. God, I'm going to do my part. Say it again. God, I'm going to do my part. God, I'm going to do my part. Because scripture tells us if you don't do your part, God can't do God's part. Listen, we all stand here today because someone did their part in God's plan. Someone prayed for you. Somebody stood in the face of racism for you. Somebody sacrificed for you. Somebody didn't eat to make sure that you did. Somebody rode a slave ship for you. Our ancestors struggled for you, but Jesus the Christ hung on a cross for you. The price was paid for you to be here right now, standing wherever you are today. Think about it. Where would you be if somebody, and I don't know who that somebody is, didn't do their part? I mean, we can talk about the list. Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, Nelson, Nelson Mandela, Rosa Parks, Shirley Chisholm, Jarena Lee, Ella Baker, Bessie Smith, Joe Lewis, Nat Turner, even Anina Simone. I can go on and on and on. Where would we be if they didn't do their parts? Church, I didn't come by to give you the answer, but I want you to utilize this day reflecting on Matthew chapter 6 and what God is calling us to do. God is calling us back to righteousness. God is calling us back to community. God is calling us back to God. So go pray, go fast, and be intentional about what your part is in the days to come so that God can move so mightily in your life that you can't help but know that God is. Colossians chapter 3 says it's best in the message version of the Bible. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. 
Pursue the things over which Christ persuades, presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorb with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from God's perspective. Your old life is dead. I'm gonna say that again. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. God is your life. So if you need to go back to school, do your part. If you need to be in a better living situation, do your part. If you need some emotional support, go find a therapist and do your part. If you need to forgive someone who has hurt you, do your part. If you're underemployed and want to make more money on your job, do your part. And if you have dreams for this world, do your part because somebody needs for your dreams to come true today. After talking to all the folks at the events that I mentioned early on in the sermon, the end result became this. We all have to do our part. If there is something missing, your part may be the puzzle piece that brings it all together. So church, I beg you on today to do your part, whatever it is. I promise you, if you move in the natural, God will add the super and make your life supernatural. You can't even fathom what your life will be if you don't do your part. Amen. And